cliffcentral.com. Good afternoon. Well, whenever you hear this, it will be that time of day or another time of day. But thank you so much for joining us. This is, of course, as you heard, Cliff Central. You are with me on Beyond Ears and Eyes. And when I say me, I'm Shumaine Harris. And controls is Palisa Mabuya. Hello, Papa. How are you doing? I'm good. You? Awesome. Thank you. And we have an amazing person in studio, amazing guest. Um, and his name is, oh, before I go further, uh, Lee's not here today. So if you're expecting her voice, she's not here. She had to go somewhere else. So Lee, wherever you are, if you're hearing us, hook us up with some information. So uh, the person we've got today is Dean Price. And um, Dean, welcome. Thank you, Shemaine. Lovely to be here with you today. Thank you. Can I call you swim coach extraordinaire? That'll be fine. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay, but basically you coach the the Olympic swim team. Yes, I've been involved. I used to swim myself. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after my swimming career, I got involved in swimming coaching. I've been doing that now for... It's almost 40 years. That's a long time. It's a long time. And I've been coached to Olympic swimmers since 1992. It was the first Olympics that South Africa went, was readmitted back to the Olympic Games. I had three, four swimmers at that Olympics, and it's been ongoing since. And you're not going to name drop, are you? I'm not going to name drop. <laughs> <laughs> but you're allowed to. <laughs> so it's been some of the, the big names, Rake Nietling, Natalie Detoy, some mm. of the big superstars in swimming. All right. So you've seen the growth in, in swim SA. Yeah. No, it's been a wonderful wonderful experience. It really is quite an amazing journey just to see how people change, how things change and to grow with it. That's that's the art of life. Yeah. We're going to we're going to come back to you <laughs> some of your swimmers just in a little while, but you mentioned that you were also a swimmer, but it wasn't just any old swimmer. You were like in the Springbok team. You were like up there. What uh, tell us more about that. Okay, I think um I was very blessed to have been born with swimming ability, swimming talent. Oh, I thought and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't come easy. Oh, doesn't it? No. So, all oh, right. So, so, you know, there is that thing that genetically some people are pretty. There's some genetic to. makeup, I think, because it makes life a little bit easier. <laughs> so <Yeah>. you believe that? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and I was fortunate from the age of about 13, 14, I was number one in South Africa in my events. And that carried all the way through till the age of 18. When I was 18, I got diagnosed with muscular dystrophy. Mm-hmm. Now, muscular dystrophy is severely debilitating in terms of an athlete because what happens is the muscular structure starts to disintegrate. Okay. Now, what happened is that, you know, you wake up and suddenly you find you're in terrible pain. It, it looks like arthritis that you can't move and things like that. I visited quite a few doctors and specialists and they diagnosed it. And at that point, there was no real treatment mm. for this. It was basically, I remember I was in the gen, Joburg gen. And had gone through about two weeks of extensive um, testing. And at the end of it, the professor said to me, okay, we can't do anything. Go down to ground floor. They've got a a prosthetic lab there. They'll look at, you know, fixing you up so at least we can make your lifestyle a little bit more comfortable for as long as you last. Mm. And I remember climbing into the lift and pressing ground. And then as I got in, I thought, no ways. I'm not giving in. I'm not doing this. Mm. I stopped the lift, went back up, walked out the lobby and thought, no ways. That's not going to happen. <laughs> and that, that was it. But you must have been de- devastated, of course. It's a huge shock because what happens, I think, the times in life 
where suddenly you just are railroaded into something you just didn't expect to happen. And that was the first time in my life where, you know, you have this dream and the dream is like, you know, one of those Disney cartoons where they lived happily every after mm. and your life's going to be great. The dream we all have. The dream we all have and suddenly it just ended. And then you have to refine yourself who you are and what can you do. It's almost like being, you know, born again, but on, on a different scenario. Mm. And so what happened is I had to readjust who I was, what I can do, all those kind of concepts. And I think the biggest concept that I learned was that, <clears throat> you know what, if you open your eyes, there are many opportunities in life. And for me, it was having been told that's all you can do. There's nothing we can do. And I just realized no way. I'm not mm-hmm. going to give in and I'm not going to let that be my life. Okay, just give me one moment. This is Cliff Central. This is Beyond Ears and Eyes. And we are talking to Dean Price. And I have a number for you if you would do one on WhatsApp um, and you have a question that would be 079-748-2090. Okay, Dean. So how did you now then um, through that journey, I assume you came to TM, which is Transcendental Meditation with a little thing next to it. Yeah. <laughs> now, it, is, it was very interesting and fascinating how I got into it because one of the, the first doctor to actually diagnose me was a friend of mine. And he had just qualified and, you know, but he was, he ended up one of the, he's one of the top doctors in the States at the moment. So very bright, very bright doctor. And after I was diagnosed and he could see I was going through a bit of turmoil, he said to me, Dean, he said, look, I know Western medicine can't do much for you. But he said, try meditation. He mm-hmm. says, I think that'll help you a lot. And it took three months of nagging to get me to go to a talk on meditation. I thought, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. That's not who I am. You know, what do I need it for? That's you know? woo-woo, Exactly. The concept that we held at that time was, you know, these are the hippies carrying flowers and things <laughs> like that. So, which, what, what, when was that? Was that in the 60s you're talking well, about now? I'm talking the 70s, but that okay. was the concept of meditation that I had. And then mm-hmm. I went to a talk and I realized, and I saw all these professional people there, and I thought, you know, okay, maybe I had was slightly off course there. Mm-hmm. And then I learned the technique because I thought, you know, maybe. And was this a TM? This was a technique of meditation because okay. we we know there are many different there's, ones there's many different mm-hmm. techniques and i learned the tm technique and it wasn't an instant i must be honest with you it's not an instant transformation where you wake up 24 hours later and you suddenly transformed into superman or instantly healed or things like that mm-hmm. but over the next 2 3 months i started to notice little changes in my life perhaps the biggest thing was the pain started to disappear that i was experiencing that's amazing. And that, that gave me the confidence that maybe something is working here. And I carried on and on and on, and it seemed to get better and better. And, um, you know, all the doctors who knew me said, what are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. what is this? And I said, well, I'm just doing some meditation. And, you know, I remember 10, 15 years after that, um, the medical community used to invite me in when they did the assessment of the new doctors and that I'd have to come in there and they'd have to try and assess what was wrong with me. And because they couldn't figure out if I've had this, mm-hmm. there should be a lot more deterioration and degeneration and things like that. And since I learned to meditate, the gene- degeneration kind of stopped and that was it. Wow. And stopped and reversed or just stopped? Just stopped. It didn't okay. reverse, but it stopped. And since then, it's been now 40 years and now... I have a normal life 
And it's it's great. It just it just showed me that don't limit yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, there's too many people who, who try to put us in little boxes. You can and you can't. Mm-hmm. And it gave me the confidence that if if you want something, because that's what I learned from swimming. If you want something, you know, people ask, can you be an Olympic champion? You can if you want it. Right. You can't just be floating aimlessly in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But it, but it does take work, doesn't it? It does take hard work. You can do it, but you have to be dedicated. I think the, the word that I'd used to say is you've got to have some self-discipline. Mm-hmm. It's an easy thing to do. It's it's like having a little rest, a little nap. That's how simple it is. See now, you you're starting to come across as a teacher, okay. which <laughs> which you obviously are because this is what you teach. So because you're going, it's easy, but for a student, it's hair, you know, it's hair raising. It's it's kind of like the where do I start? You know, and that's all always the question. Where do I start? Um, but you know, I, I do want you to to go there. But before you go there, to where do we start? Is what is the difference between TM uh, and regular meditation, if at all any? I think you know when we talk about meditation, meditation because people, you know, you often people come and say, "I do my own meditation." Meditation is, but that's not wrong, huh? Not at all, because there's many, there's many forms of meditation. Maybe riding a bicycle is a form of meditation. I think meditation, we could, if we use a quaint phrase, it would be a time of inner reflection or inner quietness. Hmm. Now, you can do that going for a walk in the park, sitting on a beach, um, reading a book, Hmm. listening to music. So all those we could say are some form of meditation. There are different yoga techniques of meditation, mm-hmm. um, and that would be there might be a chanting technique, maybe a picturing where you imagine that you're sitting on the beach or you're seeing clouds or you're seeing colors or things like that. There's millions of different kinds of meditation. Is that called yoga uh, meditation? Yeah, that's what I would okay. term yoga meditation, where there's a specific technique. Some people incorporate their own techniques where they just they like to sit quietly on the beach mm-hmm. that it's a meditative technique but it's their own technique it's not widespread taught throughout mm-hmm. the world or anything like that but there are lots and lots of different techniques taught throughout the world yeah. And also a lot of people say they find their stillness there, like, you know, in those places, the walks, the bikes, the beach. Absolutely. Um, and they find that it does regenerate, you know, them. And so it, it can't be wrong, but, but there are some for specifics. Like, Absolutely. Like this one that we're talking about, the yeah. tra- uh, transcendental meditation. And it's like, even if you listen to the structure, the trance, you know, and then the transcendence of it. So, so the, there's a process. Okay. I just want to correct you on that one word there's no trance <laughs> okay, trans- <laughs> okay. So the it, word the word uh, is transcend yep now you remember in the olden days there used to be a province called transvaal which was basically that area beyond mm-hmm. the vol river okay <laughs> to go beyond okay so transcend means to go beyond mm-hmm. transcend meditation is to quiet the mind down from an active mind or to go beyond that active thinking to a quieter level of thinking. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. We transcend. We How move. do you do it? We move from a turbulent mind, which we all experience in a hectic city like Joburg, Cape Town, Durban, to come down to a more quiet, settled state. You know, state. you can find it on a farm where your mind is Absolutely. also turbulent. The so. trouble is, for most of us, we don't get the opportunity of living <laughs> in farms. We live in this frenetic city like Johannesburg. Okay. So that's why we need a technique. Otherwise, who would need it? technique. We need to to bring back balance to life. The balance is rest and activity. 
So we want to bring back more of that rest because the activity is amply there. Throughout mm-hmm. the whole day, we just nonstop pushed here, pushed there, got to go, got to do this, all the things. So the technique is simple. It's got an elegant simplicity in that what we do, we allow the mind to settle down in a very systematic process from a thinking level to a more quieter thinking level to a more quieter and quieter, quieter level. Mm-hmm. Now, the difference between TM and the other forms of meditation is a very simple formula. The TM technique does not involve the intellect. Okay, now this is a big thing because if we say I have to empty my mind of thoughts, that is you are doing some work. You're emptying your mind. It's like cleaning the garbage can or doing Mm -hmm. something like that. There's some work involved. Okay, I have to picture this. Imagine you on the beach. Imagine you quiet. There's some intellectual involvement. You don't settle down. So the real, I would say, success of TM, why it's so successful and continues to be, is that there's no intellectual involvement. It's a simple technique Mm -hmm. where automatically the mind settles down through a simple process. All right. I notice that you, you're not giving us the how to. Is that because um, you need to go and get instructions from someone personally or can you give, you know, a bit of direction I'll here give, now? Yeah, absolutely. Now, the reason we, well, I'm talking like this, the actual technique itself is taught by giving the person who wants to, to learn what we call a mantra. Mm-hmm. Okay, a mantra is a sound. Now, you have many different mantras and you also have sutras. Mm-hmm. Now, a sutra would be more like an affirmation. It's got some meaning or intellectual component to it. But this, the mantra that we use is the sound quality. Okay. Okay, now what we have, we have five senses. Mm-hmm. Sight, hearing, touch, taste, smell. So from the moment we're born, how do we experience the world? Through the five senses. We hear, we touch, we taste, we smell. That's how we experience the world. Mm -hmm. So through those five doors, the mind goes out and experiences the world. If we want to quiet the mind down, we use the same. We use one of the five senses. Touch, massage. Ah, that feels so good. Mm -hmm. Smell, maybe aromatherapy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so each of the sense we can get excited and each of the sense we can settle down. We use the sense of sound because sound can become more subtle in any other sense You know Touch can only is a limited Value of how subtle It can be Sight or taste But sound can become More subtle So it's like Being stuck in a Ten story building The other four senses Will take you To ground level But sound You can go Basement one Basement two Basement three Basement four To a much subtler level Now Why is subtle important? Subtle means Less activity More silent mm-hmm. Okay So the more silent You become the more rest you get. So that's that's the great success of TM, is that it gives you this deep level of rest. Nothing more than that. Just an extreme deep level of rest. That's why the American Medical Association, the American Heart Association, recommends TM. Not because our guru wears a f- this color <laughs> robe or that color robe. No, it's nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. It's about the effect which happens in the mind and the physiology with the practice of TM. And the effect is the deep rest. Now, the magic, the magic of meditation is in deep rest. The more rest you get, the more the profound influence on you as a person. If you think that's nature, you've got a headache. 
oh, let me just lie down for a minute or two. Right. You've got flu. I've got to take three days off. I've got to take it easy. I've got to get some rest. Even if you have a heart attack, take you need take, to rest. Take your rest. Rest is the underly- underlying healing agent for anything in life. Mm. So by getting deep rest, we profoundly influence the physiology, the, and we profoundly influence the mind. The mind becomes clear. It becomes focused. For no other reason that deep rest does this. And we know this because every night when we go to bed, we wake up the more the next morning and we feel more refreshed. If you have one night. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. <laughs> now, the trouble with what you've just said is mm. that if you live in a city like Johannesburg, we constantly bombarded with stimulation. There was a psychologist in 1929. His name was Walter Cannon. And he turned the, the response called the fight or the flight response. Mm. So what would happen out would come a tiger or a lion. And when you saw that tiger or lion, you'd respond with this fight or flight response. The chemicals would get activated. They would give you the energy to fight the tiger or run away. Now, living in the city, we come to traffic lights, they're out. Oh, fight or flight response. Okay. We pick up the oh, phone. Wow. We haven't got a signal. Fight or flight response. But we're not running. Okay. We're not fighting. So those chemicals become this turbulent ocean inside of us where we unsettled. We don't know what's going on. We have this emotion, that emotion. It's this ocean of, of chemicals taking place. We don't settle down. Even at night, we don't sleep anymore. So, <laughs> if you're lucky, yeah. Yeah, you don't rest. You know. So that's why the great absurgence of meditation in the last five, six years, mm. because technology is giving us a faster life, more stimulation, more this, more that. Yeah. But there's nothing to combat the effect of the stress. So that's why throughout the world you see this great interest coming in meditation. And that's why TM is just, you know, having this huge surgence again because people need something to feel good. Yeah. You feel good with rest. Shemaine, you, tonight, let's say you go to bed tonight and you look at the clock and you see 10.30. You toss and turn and you see 11.30. Then you see 12.30. (laughs) The thought that's going to go through your mind is, sure, am I going to have a rough day tomorrow? We know. We yeah. don't sleep well, we can have a rough day. <laughs> yeah, so at least, you know, even if you get a couple of hours in, it's yeah. better than nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. I was wondering why the sudden, you know, um, interest again in, in TM, especially, you know, um, because it's just like everybody who is anyone in terms of a celeb or a professional, um, you know, they kind of go, listen, I'm going to do my meditation and I need to do it once in the morning and once in the evening or something like that, but spaced out twice. Um, Why twice over a day, though? Okay, that's to give you an analogy, make it simple. You've got a a sore throat. You go to the doctor, he says, take one tablet once in the morning, once in the evening, and you take it for five days. That dosage, okay, over five days, it means the antibiotics will stay in your body and eliminate all the infections and bacteria. Mm. Now, the doctor doesn't say, now take this little sachet of tablets and take them all tonight. (laughs) Okay. So what happens with meditation? We meditate morning and evening or twice a day. That's a dosage. That dosage allows you to eliminate the stress, the fatigue, the tension that you've accumulated during the day, Mm -hmm. and you feel refreshed for a few hours. But... Like you said earlier, you have to have a little bit of self-discipline to do it again. Mm-hmm. And it also then again eliminates a bit of stress and tension because unfortunately, the moment we leave meditation, we go back to the world. And, and also the minute, the minute you start feeling better, 
do you you generally would stop so how, how good is that to just say oh well i feel good now i'm just going to stop this tm and you know when i'm stressed again i'll do it again now some people do that i'll be honest and that is they they use tm as as a patch. tool or a patch to get over a, a rough period in their life but then usually what happens having been teaching for 40 years now they come back later I remember I felt so good when I was doing it. <laughs> and then I got caught up with this business thing or whatever. And I'd like to feel like that again. Mm-hmm. So what, what we try and encourage people is that if you meditate and you do it regularly, what you're going to find is that no matter how good life is now, it's going to get better. So we encourage people to keep going because life just keeps getting better and better and better. Okay. So in other words, you can do it once a day and then you work your way up to twice a day or, you know, if you do once a day again in, you know. No, you, you, we, we can start straight away with twice a day. It doesn't take much time. It's 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, that, that's what you say. But when you're learning to be disciplined, you know, isn't that better than nothing? Absolutely. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. You know, it's any coin in the piggy bank helps. Okay. So what happens every any time you can sit down and meditate, it's going to give you that little bit of rest, that little bit of less tension. You feel good. It's like a mental shower. And I'm not advocating lazy. (laughs) So so you say 15 to 20 minutes a day. That's correct. Uh, Well, twice a day. Twice a day. Okay, that's not bad. Is that what you do with your with your um, students? And I'm talking about your when you're a coach and when you teach uh, TM. Yes, it's it's for everyone. Everyone only needs fifteen twenty minutes a day. It's more it's more the the regularity. Mm-hmm. Than a once-off. So, how do the swimmers t- take this? Do they practice it? They practice it. They love it. You know, for a swimmer, their goal, or for many people, you know, on the planet, what they want, they want to be more successful. Now, what happens to an elite athlete is that the big thing these days is recovery. Now, unfortunately, there's been a lot of talk of drugs and all these chemicals that people use. Now, they try to chemically manufacture that you can recover quicker by taking this down, by giving you more testosterone or things like that. So by using meditation, what we find is that the stress chemicals, lactate, cortisol, they drop about 70, 80% within three, four minutes of meditating. And you see that you'll never hear people speak about that. I have uh, interviewed some of these people and I have not heard them say, you know, that when you sit down and you do this discipline, this can happen for you because it's kind of like unheard of. It it goes still. I mean, it's becoming very popular again, but it's still a little out there, you know, where you go, that thing can really help you. And you go, "Mm -hmm." you keep sitting and closing your eyes, you know, but in actual fact, there are studies that uh, suggest that this works. Absolutely. And, you know, what I find quite ironic, the, the team that won the American Super Bowl for American football, okay, which is one of the most aggressive testosterone <laughs> sports on the planet, there, that team practices meditation. So what we find is that it's not just for the people who just want to sit in the forest and drink green tea. No, it's for, the, it's for everyone. Anyone... And everyone needs rest. Everyone sleeps during the night, but not everyone has a good night's sleep. So if we can somehow compensate the stressed life we live and get a very deep level. Now, when I talk about deep level of rest, 
during sleep, it takes about five and a half hours to reach your deepest point of relaxation. At that point, the metabolic rate, that's your heart rate, your breathing rate, etc., settles down about 8%. Within 20 seconds of meditation, the metabolic rate drops to 30-40%. So you get this mammoth deep level of rest in terms of the physiology. So what happens to people who can only sleep three hours a day? Because I know there are people who go, I cannot do more than three hours a day. Fine. Sleep your three hours, okay, but then also meditate. Because mm. the meditate will give the, the body a very deep level of relaxation. So you're saying that's a good boost. Absolutely. It's so good if, for you. Yeah. It kind of, you know what it reminds me of, that thing where you go like you do that Cat nap, that ten minute the power nap. The power nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's the cat nap. The power nap. Yes, that one. So you that's go, exactly it. And you know, you're just like gone, and it just happened so fast. It's you know, I think one of the one of the big things that why TM is so successful is that there's been extensive medical research on the benefits of TM. Mm. So it's not just some person who sat down in the corner, stood up and said, wow, man, I really felt like this. You know, mm. They actually have done throughout the major sort of institutions, Harvard, Yale, Oxford, things like that. They've done extensive research to see does meditation have an influence on the mind and body. Mm. Now, not only in terms of the level of the body or the physiology do we see these amazing chemical reductions and improvement in health, but also on the level of the mind. There's a professor at MUM in the United States at the moment. He's one of the forefront professors in terms of brainwave functioning. MUM? Marshall University in Fairfield, Iowa. And what he's done, he's done extensive research on brainwave patterns mm -hmm. with people who meditate. And it's quite fascinating to see the high increase in coherence in the brainwave functioning. Now, you know that moment where you say, I've got a brainwave. Okay. <laughs> that moment that you I've got the answer, okay, is when the brainwaves are orderly, they're coherent. Oh. Now, you can also say, don't speak to that person. They're a real scatterbrain. Ah. Okay. Now, they are. Their brainwaves are scattered. They can't solve problems. So now the fascinating thing that we find is that when people meditate, we see a change in their brainwave functioning. And we see a more coherent, more orderly function. Mm. And this is such incredible you know, news and applicable because it not only affects the average person, but, you know, I was speaking to one of these doctors and what he was saying is that for many kids, they might be ADHD or suffer with um, concentration problems mm -hmm. or things like that. And what it is, part of their brain is this is a scattered brainwave. Okay. If we can create coherence on that level of their brain we find that they cope much better. Mm. You and have done something similar. You, we you did. Yes. Yeah, so tell us about that. What, what happened? You took a, a group of children, what, 10,000? Yeah, it was in the early 2000s. We were approached by um, some schools in Alexandria, okay, in Johannesburg. And the reason that we were approached was that there was a high level of suicide. And we're talking not of high school students. We're talking primary school students. So they wanted something for the emotional well-being of their students. So we went into these schools, and just by the way, we also looked at, you know, scholastic studies at that time. Mm -hmm. Their pass rate was around 40%, and we taught these kids to meditate. And then this was around this time of the year, April, May. Four or five months later, at the end of the year, their pass rate had gone up into the mid-70%, and no more suicides. 
That's incredible. So for us and for me as a person, because as a swimming coach, I deal with children. You know, some, somehow we kind of think that, you know, just cram as much knowledge and much things on a child and then hopefully one day they're going to be successful. We forget about the child as an individual and develop the child as a person. Mm. You know, sometimes, you know, I was dealing, speaking to one parent yesterday, the child's in matric, they can hardly cope. You know, they're on the verge of a nervous breakdown. What good is that? You know, we want people who are competent. So if you have a golf ball size consciousness or mind, mm. when you read a book, that's how much comprehension you'll have a golf ball size. Or when you have to emotionally deal with someone, you've got a golf ball size ability to cope and deal with things. If we can improve or enhance that golf ball to become the size of a huge blow up balloon, mm. we increase the capacity of the learner, not just the knowledge, the capacity. Right. A quiet mind can take on a lot more than an active, turbulent mind. Have you heard anything from these kids? Because it's now years later. Have they made contact and now they are grown and you go, oh, wow. Well, from, from time to time, they come back and they tell us their story, how they learned and things like that. And, you know, it's, it's an amazing social tool as well. I remember, you know, just I often tell people there was once um, there was a guy that came to learn to meditate. When he came in, he had holes in his jeans. He was wearing old jersey with holes holes in the jersey. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> he used to beg for food and money on the street corners. That, that was his life. Okay. But somehow he heard about meditation and he came to meditate. Five years later or more, about seven, eight years later, he ended up a CEO in one of the companies in Japan. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> now, you know, you, you're talking about him just walking into a TM class or a session. There is the whole controversy around the fees that, that that's being charged uh, for transcendental meditation um, sessions. Um, is uh, should we worry about it? I think I'll just explain a bit so how it works. So to give you an understanding, you know, for instance, in the rural areas, there's no water. Okay, so if you want to have water, you have to build a pipeline. Now, to build a pipeline costs money. So any any major organization, whether it's TM, whether it's McDonald's, whether you name it, if you're going to create a structure which can provide a service to more people, you need an infrastructure like a pipeline. Mm. And that, unfortunately, that costs money. So we can't teach for free because otherwise in four or five years, you'll never, TM will be gone and it just wouldn't be working. Mm. So what we try to do is we try to look at a means where we can do the Robin Hood approach. We can take from the rich and help provide a, a service to the poor. Mm -hmm. So we structure a, a course fee for the course of TM according to income. Okay. So those people who earn a high income pay more than those people who earn a lower income. And how long is a course? The course is four sessions of about one and a half hours. Right. I also heard that there's the school of thought that says you cannot uh, learn TM by yourself, and then there are others who so who go, yes, you can. So, what what is the right thing? No, you need you need a teacher to to teach you, because there's many misunderstandings with meditation. There's a lot. For instance, um, one of the first things we t we teach people is when they come into to hear about TM. It's not about speaking to your dead aunt or contacting your dead dog or something like that. It's not that. Okay. <laughs> would be lovely though. <laughs> it would be nice, but that's not what TM. TM is a self-empowerment tool. It's a tool that empowers the individual 
to become his own master. So that's why it only takes a few sessions because we're not teaching people to follow us or become, you know, you know, carry on for years and years before we give you the teaching. From day one, we give you the most powerful teaching there is on the planet. Mm -hmm. So it's to empower the people. To give them the tool to change their lives We can't do that for you Like you said, you have to have the self-discipline to do it But all you need is that little bit of discipline To do it 15-20 minutes a day And mm. then your life is changed So we give you the tool to change your life All right. Do you guys also slot in with the David Lynch Foundation? The, yes, the so da David Lynch Is part of the um, TM organization mm -hmm. um, Obviously, he learned long ago when he was still quite young in his early 20s, and it had such a huge effect in terms of transformation on his own life that he wanted to give something back. Mm. And obviously, being involved in the entertainment industry with a lot of the film actors and things like that, you know, connecting with them, he, he wanted to use a lot of these creative people to help promote TM. Now, what he wanted to do, the initial cause was to help people to get into meditation. Right. As you said, you know, for instance, we're not the only country where we went into Alex and taught, you know, school children from a disadvantaged background. They have large programs like this throughout Africa, through South America, in India, in Malaysia, in different countries. So what we try and do is because, you know, if we want to, there's no point that I'm happy as a person and mm -hmm. I walk out and I see anger and stress and hatred and things like that, then it's like, you know, having all the wealth in the world, but you can't spend it. Right. So we would like to have more happier people on the planet and to give people opportunity of experiencing something or a tool to change their lives. Is there anyone that should, before they even try and, and do this, go for medical examinations or something? Or can anyone just start? Anyone can do it. You can just start? It's as simple as, can anyone sleep tonight? Anyone can sleep. What we're we giving, we're giving concentrated rest. That's how simple it is. Is it available for everyone? Doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter your religion, doesn't matter whether you believe in it or not believe it. No. Mm -hmm. It's an automatic process. Even if you think it won't work, it'll still work. It's yeah. so simple that we teach children four years of age. So there's no intellect, because most people come and they say, I don't think I'll be able to do this. My mind is so active. It doesn't stop. The thoughts don't stop. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> that's the, the other thing also, Talani Mayer has had a question. She says, how do you break through the barriers of your own fear? Um, when you think you're meditating, but you're actually, uh, not meditating. Is that, is that fear? No, I think what happens is that fear is a very powerful thing in every human being. Fear is perhaps the most debilitating thing that we all have. Mm -hmm. You know, at some point in our life, we've had some experience that really gave us this tremendous um, impression in a negative way. We get scarred, to put it bluntly. We get mm -hmm. scarred. Now, that scarring is a physical transformation. It leaves a scarring. Now, what happens? What heals? Rest. Rest heals, right. okay? As I said, every day we notice it. You have a fight with your your boyfriend or your girlfriend. You get some rest, time, it's gone. It heals. Right. So t rest heals. Concentrated rest has a very powerful healing. So if one has a deep fear or deep insecurity, it's not something that maybe will be instantly cured. But maybe with two, three months of meditation, what we find is that deep issue will start dissolving hmm. and that fear will disappear. So that's the magic of meditation is the rest. All right. So the mantra thing, 
because you, you, you said you yeah. get a mantra or a sutra. No, you get a mantra. What I was okay. saying, because many people, they have this impression, you know, there's many people, well, what I do, you know, I think I want to be a loving and I want to be a compassionate being and I want to care for people. Mm-hmm. So I sit and think about, oh, I want to do good. Fine. But that, that is an intellectual involvement. Right. You are busy working. We want to stop working. We want to take a break. Okay. And actually just relax. So what could a mantra be? So the mantra is just a sound, the sound quality. Does everyone have the same or? No, not everyone has exactly the same mantra, but there's not seven billion or eight billion, depending on how many people on the planet at that moment. <laughs> it's like blood groups. Okay. Now, when I say the sound, the sound has a holistic settling healing approach. Now, if you think the sound of a stream running, mm-hmm. nature, nature sounds, you can sit next to you and you feel the soothingness or the wind blowing. All those sounds are sounds of nature that have a healing and holistic approach of healing on the, on the level of the body. So we use sounds that have that approach, holistic, healing, natural. Mm-hmm. So when it's guided, because I have done this with the Deepak Chopra, um, you know, they have sessions like that and it's guided and I find it's so easy to do it. But obviously, you know, as I say, it's guided and it gives you approximately that 19, 20 minutes. Um, then it becomes easy. And then he has these words um, like, you know, two words or one word and then you know you kind of repeat that mentally and then by the time that bell goes at the end you go like wow you know that was easy and that was fast but what if you don't have that you don't need that it's because what happens as long as there's some guidance you're hearing a sound there's some intellectual involvement okay so we won't any intellectual involvement so you know if someone says go down the street four blocks turn left even it might be now, at least now I don't have to worry about my directions. So a big worry is gone, but there's some still ticking over mm. of the intellect. I've got to go down. I've got to turn left. We're on a subtle level. Can uh, or must one change your belief system when you want to start with TM? Not at all. Not at all. Because it's not about beliefs. You don't have to believe in it. Mm. Okay. It's just an automatic response in the physiology. So it's like sitting in a chair Suddenly your breathing settles down. Okay. okay. Now imagine if you sat in the chair and someone gave you an extra comfortable cushion. Then it's okay. even more comfortable. So all we're doing is we're giving you a sound which allows you to settle down. Yeah. No intellect, nothing. Yeah. You just settle down. Because, you know, uh, there is that, uh, you know, fear that when I start meditating, it's going to change my lifestyle and I really don't want to give up anything. So I'm just, I'm just saying, no. um, you know, that it's, sometimes it's, you go. Mm-hmm. It's a great question, but we don't change at all. We'll still be the same person. We'll still like the same foods. We'll still like to wear the same clothes. We'll still like the same things. Mm-hmm. It's not the outside that changes. It's the inside. Right. Okay. And the inside is you become a happier you, a okay. more calm you. But you're still the same person. Yeah. You still like the same things. Yes. And it can obviously also influence you to, to do better. Absolutely. Um, if you want to. or That's a spontaneous thing. I think what happens, you, you naturally do thing, things better because that fear factor that we talked about earlier becomes smaller and smaller. Mm. The biggest inhibitor to performance on any on any level is fear. Yeah. And there's also um, 
Well, I want to find out what is that when you go, you start your TM, um, then there's an initial period where you can't partake in what? Or, or can't do what? Because there's a, your namesake, Dean Scaler, who, who said, you know, you if you like into the green stuff, which is to be, or anything stronger, um, other than alcohol, then you have to go through a period where you kind of like dry out or go for a detox, now, whatever you call it. What what we ask everyone, you only learn once. To meditate, mm. so we want to make sure that we give every person who learns the best opportunity to learn correctly and get the best results. So what we ask each person is that prior to learning, if they are partaking of what we call recreational drugs, okay, it doesn't matter what it might be, we're not here to judge, but we would like them. Just mushrooms to, fall under the same category. Any it depends what kind of mushrooms, <laughs> but <laughs> but any recreational which has an influence on the mind. Mm-hmm. Just to refrain for 14 days prior to learning. Because on the day of learning, we would like to know that the person is having an experience of meditation and not an experience of what <laughs> they had at the party the night before. <laughs> you know, if they suddenly start sitting, well, I had this experience and you thinking, I have never heard of that experience. <laughs> so we want to know it's a meditative experience and not something from some recreational drug. So it's, it's just in the interest of the people learning. We want to give them the best possible experience that we can. Okay, so Dean, our time is almost up. I'm going like, no, you know, this is not right. But yeah, so um, I don't know. All I want to know is, is this a magic method? You touched on it at the top. Is this magic or is this kind of like, no, this, uh, you don't see results um, as fast as you might think? You do. I think ah. you, from from the day one that you start to meditate, you experience relaxation. But what you want, you want that, that restful experience to become real. When I say real, you know, I can be a smoker and I can stop smoking for one day and say I've stopped smoking. But it's not real until you've actually stopped smoking for three to four months. Mm. You know, then it's real. So what we tell people who learn to meditate You'll have experiences, but it'll be real after three or four months, like the smoker. It'll be continuous. It'll be there all the time. Okay. And that's the magic. And you teach. So yes. can I come for classes? You can come. Or, I mean, or lessons. <laughs> or what do we call it? We <laughs> Introductions. Just, yeah, we come just for classes. <laughs> <laughs> and No, really, but I mean, you say you pra- practically four hours and then, you know, you, you, Bob's your uncle or, or you on your way, you can do it. Yeah, it's, it's as, self, it's, the, the key word is self-empowering. It's giving you the tool. So anyone who learns gets the tool. It's like buying a lawnmower. You've got the lawnmower. You can cut your grass. If you want to use it or not, that's your choice. But mm. you have the tool to change things. That's what TM is. It's giving you the tool to change your life. Thank you so much, Dean. It was really lovely talking to lovely you. Lovely to be with you today. <laughs> well, then that is it for today's Beyond Ears and Eyes. I hope you had a good time. And I totally enjoyed speaking to Dean. Palisa, did you hear anything of interest to you? Um, I heard something about meditation. That's what I heard. <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening. This is me, Shemaine Harris. And um, do enjoy the time that you have with yourself. Bye-bye now. Cliffcentral.com.